Josh! Coatsab, buddy old pal. Hey, Josh, Bubba, how you been? Listen, I, I've i gone into hiding. I've been trying to do everything I can to get away from you people. Look, Josh, we know. We're, we're really sorry that you, we, you had to watch Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Big mistake, big mistake. And you know what? Mia culpa, or I guess us a culpa, uh, on making you watch Captain America with J.D. Salinger's kid. Yeah, that one wasn't great. Admission. That's an admission of guilt. That's on us. On us, totally. I'll never get those images out of my mind. Well, we want to help you get those out of your mind. We actually have another episode that we want you to help us out with. <laughs> no. Look. No. Understandable. Uh, once bitten, twice shy. I, I, we get that, Josh. Uh, but uh, we've got, we've got a movie, and it, it's, it's not. There's no JD Salinger's kid in it, right, Brendan? No JD Salinger's kid. None. Okay. Hasselhoff is nowhere near it. Not even on the set when they filmed it. People in this movie have won awards for their acting. Multiple. Like, yes. They're not like Razzie Awards. No, no, like legit, like Emmys, and they've been in Oscar-winning movies. The Academy Awards, Josh. Right, and it, it is a, it's another comic book movie, but it was made like in the late 90s, just before the boom was really getting ready to start taking off. Yep, not Marvel or DC either. Is it? Is it Rollerball? No, it's not Rollerball. We've already done that, and that's not based on a comic, so... You're safe in that regard. Wow. Okay. So, are you are you, on, are you on board? You, you going to help uh, us with this episode, Josh? We need your comic book expertise. Um, and it's not... It's not... Anything to do with Hasselhoff? No Hasselhoff. Zero. Okay. All right. Well, all right. Great. Here's your copy of Spawn, and watch that, and we'll, we'll talk. No! Welcome to another episode of What Were They Thinking? Yes, what were they? That's not what our theme song sounds like. That's the after theme. It's like the afterbirth. Oh, so nobody wants it? <laughs> oh, we're starting out strong. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, yes, this is another episode of What Were They Thinking? I am Brendan. I'm Nathan. And we have a very special guest with us again for the third time. Mr. Joshua Kotsabasakis. Yes. Going going for the three-peat. I think he's... Is he our first three-peat? Uh, I don't know. Maybe? Yeah, we'll go with it. Well, that takes, we'll that takes research. I haven't done it. I'm pretty sure. We'll just say... Yeah, it sounds more impressive that way. There you go. <laughs> our first ever guest... Our first ever guest, Josh Kotsabasakis. <laughs> I... Yes, I, I don't drink, but... After what you guys have put me through. 
Well, let's. I don't know what I was a little drinking the eggnog. during all of those uh, previous ones, and oddly enough, I was stone cold sober when I watched this one. Remind me to tell you a funny story about this movie in a plane later. <laughs> I, I told Nathan before we started recording. <laughs> wait, wait, on this podcast, or you want us to remind you when we're all on a plane no, no, together? No, 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 during during the podcast. Just make sure we don't forget to yeah, get him to we'll, say it. We'll come back. We'll build up to I, it, I, and I, then it won't be nearly as funny as I built up to it. And... <laughs> I thought you meant on our next plane ride together. <laughs> yeah, because we're often jet setting all over the place with Josh, wheeling, dealing, jet, st- jet flying, Kiss. jet stealing, jet stealing. <laughs> Good job, Brandon. Jet <laughs> you call yourself a wrestling fan. That was kind of wrestling. You, you got it, <laughs> Brendan. The police are at Nathan's door. <laughs> oh yeah, I kind of wrote your name down in all those receipts when I stole those jets. <laughs> Why do you need receipts for stealing jets? You gotta keep records. Gotta keep records. Okay. It's very important. But they don't give you a receipt if you steal it. That's why I stole them. Alright, we're getting off topic here before we even get on topic. We are talking about the 1997 cinematic masterpiece, Spawn. Special effects extravaganza. And I gotta say, uh, thanks, Brendan. Uh, I used to like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd see the light. Uh, it did. It did not hold up well. Really? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> um. Okay. So we have uh, you and Josh both fairly well versed in the character of Spawn. Uh. Yeah. I'd say I read the first um, thirty, if not forty, issues of the comic. The first thing I looked <sighs> up. Because this uh, came to my attention right away. Spawn first was a character in 1992. Yep, um, Deadpool was first introduced as a character in 1991. His face looked exactly... It, it, it reminded me a lot of Deadpool. Oh, it's, uh, that's the McFarlane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did McFarlane, he do both? Tom, Todd McFarlane, uh, he actually used to work on Spider-Man. Okay. A lot back before he founded Image Comics, and um, yeah, so that's why a lot of the character design is very reminiscent of uh, that era of Marvel because that would have been right around the time, like Deadpool would have debuted in the comics, probably right around the time he was getting ready to go on the way out and and start up with mm-hmm. Image. And McFarland too, like it's um, he was heavily influenced by by the Spider-Man look. You can tell he was a big Spider-Man fan growing up and. There's a really good coffee table book that I have. It's called The Devils in the Details. It's a it's a big book on Todd McFarlane and his artwork. And there's there's pictures in there of him drawing Spawn, the character of Spawn, from when he was about 13 or 14 years old. So it's a character he had in mind all throughout his teenage years and, in, and into a adulthood. And it was very, like, the, the picture of, that he drew when he was 14, they, there's a, it's in the book, and it's it's very similar to... To what eventually Spawn looked like. Okay, because that was the first thing I was like, are they just taking the same design? <laughs> it's, it's it's funny you should mention that because when when I watched this, um, I watched this with my kids because I'm a great dad, and uh, <laughs> more more on that about my dad later. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, my youngest asked me; <laughs> she thought it was I was watching Spider Man. Yeah. She thought it was uh, Symbiote or Black Suit Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. 
And then I, I had to explain to her, no, it's it's Spawn. It's a different comic book character from a different comic book universe altogether. <laughs> I actually, actually, since you brought up Deadpool, I wouldn't be too surprised from what I know of Rob Liefeld, the guy that created Deadpool, is if he um, didn't heavily borrow from Todd McFarlane's drawings. Well, you think about it, even the logos yeah. for Spawn and for Deadpool are almost yeah. near identical. Well, and here's here's one of the, the major things of the movie that we will talk about a lot is the visual effects. So one thing I looked at, I found out before, was that first of all, originally the movie was twenty million dollar budget, so yeah. <laughs> not very much for the superhero movie. Superhero movies were not uh, lining up for two hundred million dollar budgets back in the nineties. So no, no, definitely not. Twenty million dollars. <laughs> Eventually, they allowed it to grow to $40 million, um, in and to shoot it in 63 days. Now, here's the thing. When they ordered the visual effects, more than half of the final effects shots were delivered two weeks before the film debuted in theaters. Well, that explains a lot about Malbolgia. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So Malbolgia that means- looked like... He looked worse in this than in the HBO cartoon. <laughs> it, the the devil the devil character in this movie, Malbolgia, to me looked like a giant like roided up stripe from Gremlins. Yeah, that's a yeah, but I mean rendered terribly with the uh, CGI. Oh, it's like a PlayStation One cutscene. Oh, that's being um, generous. Um, <laughs> another thing too that I just want to go back on, and you, you mentioned Brandon that it came out, the book came out in '92. That's just go. That's a testament to how big this franchise was. It took them. It was only five years for them to start a comic book and then have a a big movie, a blockbuster movie associated yeah. with it. Well, I mean, uh, it it really did. It, it blew up because uh, for the longest time uh, with comics, it was you know your DC or your Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, every once in a while, maybe you get a guy who was into Dark Horse. But for the most part, uh, like big superhero comics and things like that, uh, you had to go to either those two. And uh, when Image started up, they immediately uh, had Spawn, Savage Dragon, Wildcats. Um, oh, what was the other? It was like Team Youngblood or something like Youngblood. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like. And I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but I think Nathan knows. But my dad ran a comic book store during this time. Um, and I was at the shop, you know, I would have been six years old when this movie came out, but when, from when Spawn came out until this movie and even after the movie came out, Spawn was huge. He was, as far as I can remember, he was outselling Spider-Man, which is the biggest character at the time. Yeah. And there were like, uh, there was a line of toys before the movie came out. There was, uh, video games, like everything. I, everyone was talking when I when I was in my dad's store. I would go in there and I would sit on the floor and I would read Toy Fair magazine, um, which was it was basically just a magazine telling you about the upcoming toys coming out. So I was about six years old and I'd sit on the floor of the shop going through that magazine. And while I did that every day, all I could hear people talking about in his store was the Spawn, Spawn comic book, the Spawn cartoon, uh, the Spawn action figures, the Spawn movie. It it was huge. Like, if people don't remember when this movie came out, it was massive, the hype behind this movie. Yeah, um, it's kind of like, it, it's, um, 
not a comic book, but it's like when the Godzilla remake came out, the actual marketing was amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually remember uh, being in uh, one of the local comic shops here uh, when a couple of guys who had just come in from seeing the movie, um, I asked them what they thought of it because I hadn't gotten a chance to go see it yet. And let you know how blinded people were by this franchise, they were just selling it like it was the second coming man mm-hmm. the greatest movie all oh, the, the effects were amazing and it was so cool they they talked about there being some minor uh differences from the source and from uh what they put out there but by and large it was still like it was really really good i remember um <laughs> i remember my mom and dad going and taking me with them <laughs> <laughs> Which is <laughs> well, it was rated six, R, right? No, that's the thing. It's PG thirteen. It, it was going to be rated R, and they eventually changed it to PG thirteen. But, um, dad, dad talked me, and it's one of the few movies that I remember going to where there was a lineup to get in. And when I mean lineup, I mean like not a lineup inside the theater. I mean like we were outside the theater, outside down by. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the theater here in St. John, Brennan, but down by like where Subway is. We were lined up there to get in. Wow. Um, so it was a huge line to get everyone just buzzing, wearing, you know, having the action figures with them, having dressed in T-shirts, the hats, everything. It was, this franchise was huge. And um, I remember, too, we got in there and we had to sit in the front row. It was it was a complete sellout. So, and yeah. you the- found it was worth every single minute. <laughs> I cried. I <laughs> the scene in hell. <laughs> I was scared, and like I remember my dad. I like I remember the conversation. Like my mom saying to him, "Do you think Josh is gonna be all right in this movie?" And dad's like, "Ah, oh, he'll be fine." <laughs> and then like it, it, I'm crying in the theater, and I remember my mom leaning over and saying, "You're an idiot." Like to just like it's pretty mean of your mom to say to you. No, it's like like just lambasting. Just Why would you lambasting, listen to your dad? No, just lambasting my dad for taking me to this movie. Um, and then I watched it again and I cried for different reasons. All right, well, my first note, like I said, is uh, it just says like a goddamn caveman because I had to write these notes down. Uh, generally, I try to type them because I'm not a fast writer, and yeah. Uh, computer's broken, it's a long story, but anyway. You know how to do shorthand? I do do shorthand, but I still, uh, yes, I said do-do. Um, but I still have a hard time, like, writing and looking up and still paying attention at the same time. Typing, I'm fine. Okay. This has been lessons in Brennan's life. (laughs) I'm just saying, Brennan, I know I, I I can drink, take notes, and watch a movie, so clearly I'm the better person. Well, you know what? Good for you. Yep. I fell asleep in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So right from the get-go, they pile a lot in that opening narration. Oh my god, exposition out the ears. Like, I feel like this scene, and there's scenes later, uh, we'll talk about, we'll talk about obviously John Leguizamo, but uh, there's scenes later where he says, like, he basically recaps the movie halfway through. And it's just like, (laughs) these are definitely studio notes. Oh, uh, the Cogsley Oster character with his narration? Yeah, him and, mm-hmm. and later Clown when he's like, I can't believe he did this, and then they did that, and then they did that, and now we're at this point. <laughs> well, you know, it does. At, at some points it does feel like a bit of a fever dream. <laughs> it's only 96 minutes. Mm-hmm. It felt like 
<laughs> it felt like two hours, two and a half hours. And the problem too that I I found was watching it again was um, it's an origin story, right? And it's not an origin story. We were talking earlier how this character was five years old at this point. Yeah. Everyone, whether they're comic book readers or not, everyone knows the story of the origin story of Superman, of Spider-Man, of Batman. You can do it. You can gloss over it. But with Spawn, a character that's five years old, a lot of people would have needed to, to kind of get a, a pretty strong look at it. And I, and I kind of think that it hurt the movie a little bit with how much of an origin story it was, you know what I mean? Well, I don't, I don't myself, I don't feel that it hurt it so much that they needed the origin story for it, because the the first uh, four issues of the comic would have actually made for, a, a, like, a good movie adaptation. And there's elements of that in there, but the only problem is they try to shoehorn in uh, the later conflicts, which are direct conflicts between... Uh, Spawn and Jason Wynn, aptly played by Merton Sheen. Uh, so dyed hair. Yes. <laughs> okay, just before you go any further, straight up, Merton Sheen's like my favorite part of this movie. He he's the he is definitely the one uh, trying to hold this whole thing together. Like yeah. he's he's trying and failing, but trying, failing, but it's a noble failure. Yeah. My um, dad actually looked a lot like Merton Sheen at the time because he would. He had dyed his hair black, and he had the the same kind of beard and everything like that. We went to see the movie uh, in the theaters, uh, Patty and I, and uh, she couldn't get over how much <laughs> the bad guy looked like my dad. <laughs> so, from what what I'm getting from this whole opening thing is basically the devil want the devil who they call Malbolgia. Yep. Who at first I'm like, wait, wait what? <laughs> like, well, that's how that's that way Todd McFarlane can trademark the name. Yeah, just like Vince McMahon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kids, you get your Malbolgia toy and your Burger King Happy uh, no Burger King Happy Meal. What the fuck am I talking about? Burger King Kids Club Meal. Come on. Yeah, same thing. Um, but yeah, so the devil Malbolgia. I'm just gonna call him the devil. He wants to basically recruit an army and of souls, I guess, and burn down heaven. Yes. Um, that's how the movie opens. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then we in our introduction of Spawn, or I guess his his name. What's his real name again? Al Simmons. Al, Al Simmons. Simmons. Our introduction Al, of him. At the exact same time you did. <laughs> is, slightly before. <laughs> <laughs> we need a buzzer. <laughs> our, uh, our, Josh, the answer to you. <laughs> yeah, the rest of this episode will be uh, Jeopardy style. <laughs> um, our introduction to him is that he is a rocket assassin. <laughs> yes, I actually have a note. Wow, I thought Black Ops was all about the stealth. Yeah, there was not, not, none of that. No, a, a really bloodless massacre in the uh, air traffic control tower. Yeah, he, yes. Yeah, he guns down like our character introduction to him is that he guns down a bunch of men in uh, air traffic controller tower, and then launches rockets. Mm-hmm. As a as like you said, a stealthy assassin, as one would. And, and then he died. My favorite part about that is that later when he's confronting Martin Sheen about there being innocent civilians, I'm like, are you surprised? He blew up an entire, like, uh, yeah, the, the jet and all the people around him, and he killed 
guys who are just doing their job in air traffic control. Those are innocent men. <laughs> yeah, but it's cute when he does it. <laughs> I, I do want to point out because right after that, all that whole thing starts off. We uh, there's the the opening credits and damn this movie uh, has not held up well over time, but the soundtrack sure as hell has. Uh, yeah, uh, the, you mean like the MTV opening? Oh no, just the that set the, the soundtrack in general, uh, like the music in the movie. Uh, I remember this movie being huge for its uh, uh, soundtrack as well as being a big release when it came out. And I still feel like the uh, the soundtrack, the way they did it, uh, I think would hold up quite well uh, today because it was it was kind of like one of the first, uh, I guess, it's genre uh, mashup soundtracks because every everybody was on the uh, on the soundtrack. It was an alternative artist with like um, uh, you know uh, dance music or uh, you know electronica music artist so you got like goldie and marilyn manson um uh, and uh henry rollins and i don't know chemical brothers or something like that's, that some um, i would guarantee that's 100 percent todd mcfarland yeah do you think henry rollins had to scare the shit out of the director to get his song in <laughs> i hope so because uh, that'd be a great story too but i don't think that was the case <laughs> this is this was not michael bay unfortunately no not michael oh bay. god michael bay's spawn <laughs> I don't even know. Um, one thing I noticed too during the opening credits is that <laughs> when Todd McFarlane's name comes up, all of a sudden in the background it's like a huge, in huge letters, like almost the whole screen, it's like Todd. He does have a bit of an ego. What? Does, ha- does have a bit of an ego. And that, he, the thing you gotta think of too is back when this movie came out and when Spawn came out, he himself was, was huge. Mm-hmm. He probably was the first comic creator to get into pop culture since Stan. Yeah. I was Stan thinking. Hansen? Yes. There we go. Comic creator, Dickweed. Comic creator Stan the Lariat Hansen. He had his own toy line. McFarland did. and um... Well, there was... Um, it's Before we even talked about doing this this podcast, I watched... Um, I watched, like, comic book... Do- I'm, I'm a big dork. I watched, like, comic book documentaries on YouTube and stuff. And there's one I found from, I think, 94 or 95 called The Overstreet World of Comics. And it, it was like Beatlemania when Todd Mc, when they got to the Todd McFarlane part. So it was it's early, mid-90s, and, you know, they're talking about comic book sales as a whole. But the only character and the only creator to have a whole profile done on him in this documentary was Spawn and Todd McFarlane. Like, you know, they, they of course, talk about Batman and and Superman and Spider-Man and and all those characters, but it it was like they were setting up for the main event throughout the whole documentary, and now we're going to talk about Spawn. Yeah. And they were showing actual footage of um, of a uh, Comic-Con, and it was just Spawn everywhere. And Todd McFarlane walks in for a Q&A, and like I said, you swear it was like Beatlemania. He walked out there, and the place went unglued. And he himself became a bit of a pop culture icon um, around the time of, of Spawn in this movie. Well, I remember him being in like the commercials for the toys. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, when the uh, HBO series uh, got picked up, the cartoon, which is is a little hard to follow at, at sometimes, but it is so much better than this movie. I, not, I don't think many people would agree with me, but in terms of comic book animation projects... I would put that up there with the Batman animated series, that Spawn cartoon. I thought it, it, it's so good. Yeah, and plus you've got... Um, it's more realistic than this movie. Yes. It is, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Keith David was the voice of Spawn, so I mean, you got like... Um, or is it David Keith? No, uh, uh, Keith oh, David. Oh, oh, okay. The, the guy cartoon. from Gargoyles. <laughs> yes, Goliath from Gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> the dude who fought Roddy Piper in They Live. Yeah, yeah, and, Keith, Keith David. And uh, Mary's stepfather. And something about Mary. I've always wanted Keith David and David Keith to be on like a like a buddy cop television show where they open like a PI, uh, you know, uh, Keith David, David Keith, private investigators. <laughs> uh, so Spawn. <laughs> um, but the cartoon. Did, have you seen the cartoon, Brendan? I've not. I recommend it. Can we talk about the cartoon instead? <laughs> So this is where John Leguizamo is introduced. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he plays clown. Now, okay, <clears throat> I'm not sure where you guys stand on this. But I've heard many people say they think he's the best part of the movie. I think he has his fleeting moments. But he gets man, grating after a while. Oh, good gravy! Like there's some parts where I was just like, okay, the quips are coming in faster than Will Smith and Martin Lawrence at this point. I um, this is the thing that I remember too. Is like I remember seeing. It, you know, a few years ago, at watching it again, and when I when I put it on, it was the first time I'd seen it since it came out as as a kid. And I remember putting it on and thinking, well, I remember liking Clown, and thinking that he's, you know, I know this movie probably isn't going to hold up, but at least Clown's going to be fun to watch. And I I agree with Nathan. I really I was into him for a little bit, and then it was starting to get a little bit stale and a little bit annoying after yeah. a while. Well, because I mean, in the comics, uh, that character is yeah, he's supposed to be, you know, tongue in cheek, off the cuff, uh, gallows type humor and stuff like that, and it's supposed to I guess add to the malevolence of the character. But I felt that they just went over the top with uh, like the lines that he got like to have fart, in this movie, the farts and everything. Like, I don't I don't remember that being in the book. Basically, the point of clown. Is you're you're reading clown or in the cartoon you're watching clown and in, in in the movie they're probably going for the same thing, and it's supposed to be oh this guy's just what this guy's a goofball he's he's not he's no threatening at all and and then he turns into violator right yeah and well, it's supposed to oh sorry go ahead I was just gonna say so the the point of clown is that you're you're supposed to disregard him and you're supposed to forget about him and and you don't realize initially when you first see him that he's actually this big you know, this terrifying creature, but they they went way over the top with it in the movie where it's like, by the time that you get to that reveal, you're, you're still like, well, I don't care. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, too. Clown, you immediately know, works for the devil. As soon as he shows up, you have a very good idea that he is the villain and mm-hmm. that he's obviously something else. Like he's not just like a, a clown. Well, there's obviously. there's more to him, and that and that's the thing. In the, I guess in the in the comics, it's not as it's not as evident right away. Like you get the idea that you know once you start kind of piecing it together in the comics that you know that, that you know, 
spawn is the hell spawn and uh obviously the violator is he works for the devil but you again get this kind of feeling that he's like he's low level like josh said you're kind of supposed to disregard him for the most part he's more of a a minor nuisance than uh, an actual enemy right so okay so we learned that the clown basically wants martin sheen to uh basically kill al simmons so he can go to hell and become one of the devil's soldiers yeah. So and then um, so shortly after this, uh, so I did a little bit, <laughs> did a little bit of background information here, um, because shortly after this we meet um, his uh, Al's uh, best friend Terry. Now, in the comic, <laughs> in the black? comic, he's a black dude. <laughs> yes, in the comic he is a black man. Now I looked up, <laughs> I was looking at that. Apparently, the reason they changed it to a white guy. Was this, from Todd, this is from Todd McFarlane himself. <laughs> Knock it off. This is from Todd himself. He said... Um, <clears throat> sorry, hold on. This is from Todd McFarlane. He said, we didn't want to give off the impression that this was meant for black audiences. Uh, well, now, I'm going to backtrack a bit. To be fair to Todd McFarlane... To be fair... Because I read the, the same quote. What he said was, that was a studio decision. They basically saying they forced us to put a white guy in there because they didn't want to make it look like our target audience was black. Oh, but meanwhile, we got Martin Sheen and Priest, who are both you know lily white, and uh, I, I don't I, I don't feel that the argument holds water. I don't think I don't think it does either. I'm just saying I don't think it, the way it was worded a minute ago made it sound like it was Todd McFarlane who was like, "Nah, I got too many white people or too many <laughs> black people in here," but really it was. The evil Hollywood studios. I think Todd had some say in it, though, because it, it, he also sold the rights for Spawn for $1 so he could have massive creative control. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think he could have, like, shot that down easily. I do remember that was, when I first saw it, that was one of the, the more glaring things to me, uh, sitting in the theater, and I was going, wait a second. Yeah. Did oh, they... and, and guess what, Nathan? Hmm. Someone is back. Uh, someone in this movie was also in Bad Boys Two. It is uh, Spawn's wife was Martin Lawrence's wife. Yes. <laughs> She's Another thing back. too about the uh, about the family dynamic was Cyan was was not Al's daughter in the book. No, it was um, it was Terry. It was Terry's, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So. Okay. <laughs> interesting. Moving on. <laughs> no, it is interesting because, like, they ch- already... We're at, like, minute 15, and they've yeah. changed, like, 80 things. Yeah. So... Or at um, least tweaked them a bit. Uh, so Al finds out that there were innocent civilians killed, and he is, like, a shocked and appalled, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, confronts Martin Sheen, and here's where I had to rewind it because I thought he said, You want body bags? You send a priest. Not and you send priest. Yeah, well, she's uh, she's not in the comics, uh, uh-huh. and I almost feel like she was uh, a female composite or uh, reimagining of a character named Chapel. Yep, and that's exactly what it is. Apparently, they didn't have the rights to that character. 
They didn't have the rights to Chapel. That's what I read. Apparently, I, the, the person who created that character, they couldn't. They didn't want to pay them for the rights to, to it. That's um, damn it. That's um, pretty <laughs> common with Spawn too. Um, a lot of the Spawn characters, especially in the early issues, McFarland starts image to where he's going to bring in creators and he's going to so not to bore people with the details, but basically what Marvel and DC do is if you're a writer or you're an artist for Marvel and DC and you come up with a new a new character, you don't have the rights to that character. The company does. Mm-hmm. So you create a character for Marvel, Marvel owns that character. The person who came up with the idea and, and the design of it, they get nothing. Um, so McFarlane comes along, he creates Image Comics, um, getting tired of how the big companies push him around. He creates Image so that he and other creators, um, when you come in and you create a character for Image, you own that character. So when he does Spawn, he brings in all these big comic creators like Neil Gaiman and I think Alan Moore did a few Alan Moore did it. Um, Grant, uh, Grant Capullo, Capullo did some. Stuff did with some Liefeld did stuff. all these all these guys all these big names in the industry created characters and in the early issues of Spawn to really hammer home this new company and this new character he brought in a lot of these guys to create characters for Spawn even though even though Todd was doing the writing um, he would do like an issue I think Frank Miller did an issue for example yeah and then Neil Gaiman did an issue so Neil Gaiman created Angela mm. and um, I think did did Gaiman create Chapel. Either way, my, my point is that, that it makes sense to me, because of the way Image was designed, the company and Todd don't own certain characters, the creator, the, the artist. Whoever the created them. Yeah. yeah. I'll actually I'd give you kind of a clue of how big that, again, I know we're talking about how big the, the franchise was before it even became a movie, but uh, one year for Halloween, I went as Chapel, hmm. just because he was, it's such a badass character. And it's unfortunate that they uh, that they didn't get him for this movie because I would have loved to have seen that. Well, there's a few other characters too that I, especially if you watch the HBO series, and maybe that maybe their plan was to do it eventually for a sequel or something. But there was a bunch of characters in those early Spawn issues that I was disappointed weren't in the movie. There was no Angela. There was no cameo. She was in the the, the ballroom. Ball right? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they don't they, identify. They don't or... identify. Her, you know, yeah. only only like eagle-eyed viewers and when followers would know. But no, Angela. No, um, I thought um, Tony Twist was a great character. Yep, there was no Tony, and that's probably because of legal stuff that mm. the real Tony Twist, I imagine. And. Uh, you get a cameo of Sam and Twitch at the end, but they don't get identified. Sam and Twitch are some one of the best characters in the whole series. Um, and um, Billy, oh, I forget the character, his full name. Oh, Billy Kincaid. Billy Kincaid is such a such a creepy villain, and he's real. You know, he's and that actually it's funny because that that falls within the first five uh, ep- a series, uh, yeah, episode uh, issues of the series, yeah. and they actually get. Cyan involved with that whole thing, which actually really ratcheted up the the drama, which would have been perfect in this movie. But you know, this yeah. is what we got. So, for those who don't know, and I, I don't know if you know the character, Brendan, but Billy Kincaid, he's a very real character in this series in, in the respect that he's a child molester and child murderer. And they introduced him in the comic early, and they introduced him in the TV series early, and he was just this horrifying character that, that like Nathan said he kidnaps I guess in the movie would be Al's daughter but in the 
comic, Terry and, and Wanda's daughter. And it would have made for a much more interesting plot point in the movie at one point. And like I said, maybe they were hoping for a sequel, or I don't know. But those are just some characters off the top of my head that, that could have been in this movie and weren't. That sounds like a PG-13 shoot-down from the studio. Yeah, it could be. Could be, and there's ways around it, too, though. I mean, it's you, you don't have to come out and say what <laughs> Billy Kincaid is doing. Yeah. But, I mean, if he would have kidnapped her or something, and, and just, oh, he kidnapped her. Yeah. The people who know the characters know what he's doing, but you don't have to come out and say, I don't know. I, yeah. I think creative writing would have had a way around the PG-13. Oh, look, it's child molester Billy Kincaid. <laughs> well, you know, Brendan, you're known for your subtlety. Let's get to the destruction of North Korea. Excuse me, that was in the script? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just wanted to say one thing, though, before we move on from Jessica Priest. Um, can I just say, like, movie of the week level acting? Yeah. Like, But man, could she fill out a, a no leather pants, eh? Yeah. She was, yes. She, she uh, was a Dangerous looker. curves. Dangerous. <laughs> um, yeah, North Korea. Okay, so... Uh, um, Al basically is like, I'm done. I'm quitting. This is I, I. You took out civilians, which I had no idea because I'm a very careful rocket assassin, and you. This is just not working out for me. And he's like, One last okay. mission. Okay, one last mission. You just have to go to North Korea. Before it even gets to the main plot in North Korea, I just have to say, he he just so he just got in and he punched one guy. That's how he got into into North Korea, and. I love the Foley in this whole... It, it sounds like a Bruce Lee movie level of uh, sounds for punches and kicks. It's like just smacking raw meat up against a, a wall or something like that. And I feel like they used like all the same sounds every time. Yeah. Um, so North Korea... <laughs> Sorry, this also comes back later. The the line, one of the best lines in this movie, and it killed me. I like I laughed for like thirty seconds. Um, when the narrator is like explaining that time hasn't gone by as fast for him, and he says to him, "North Korea was only moments ago." <laughs> but <laughs> I, I almost feel like Cogliostro, who again is a, a big part of the the. It's the comics. That's the narrator, too, by the way, guys. Right. He almost feels like he's shoehorned in in this movie. Because <laughs> oh, he doesn't get... Yeah, because he, he doesn't get... Um, you don't really get to know the importance of him until, you know, much later in the in the comics. And for him to be, like, almost like Yoda for for Spawn in this movie, just it, it's, it's rushed. And uh, I, don't, I don't feel the payoffs as good as it they think it was going to be oh he is definitively yoda especially at the end of the movie um so this is where sheen double crosses al because he's gonna steal a bunch he's gonna steal this uh illness basically this this virus from north korea (laughs) sorry this movie this plot is so insane (laughs) it's doing chemical weapons and he steals yeah north Mm -hmm. korea and uh jessica priest shoots al and they set him on fire, but not before she shoots him with uh-oh juice. 
Well, it's the, I'm sure it's the accelerant, but it comes from the same gun. Like it's that same... that was weird and, and and terrible all at the same time. Yeah, she shoots him with it with regular bullets, and suddenly like slime comes out of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he has a Darth Vader episode three moment. No! I'm just gonna say it. I like him as Spawn. <laughs> I like him as Spawn, but some of his acting choices are a tad questionable. Mm-hmm. Enough from the clown. How great would it have been if he would have said the line in this movie, too? <laughs> yeah. Dark Knight. I mm. think uh, I think Morgan Freeman as Spawn. <laughs> Wanda! Uh, when, they, when they said they were doing a Spawn movie again... I couldn't think of any actors to play Spawn. <laughs> Kevin Hart. <laughs> Why is Kraken Spawn? Why not? Listen here, you little fat clown. <laughs> I'm a grown-ass hell Spawn. <laughs> yeah, you burp a face. Wait, if he's going to be Spawn, then the rock has to be clown. <laughs> oh... But, but anyway, <laughs> enough about better movies. <laughs> um, I like the fact that when... So we basically flash forward five years without knowing that we're flash forwarding five years. And he arrives in a place we learn is called Rat City. Yep, <laughs> surrounded by... A.K.A. Downtown St. John. <laughs> <laughs> Moncton, apparently. If, if all the stuff I've read lately is to be believed. <laughs> I just laugh that it's kind of like the crow, but there's pigeons. Yeah. Yeah. Not there's exactly a, a sign of evil. There's a there's a fair bit of similarity between the, the two characters, I'll tell you that. You got that whole, you know, coming back to Avenger uh, families wronging and, and the whole regeneration thing and, and uh, living in squalor while you do it. And I don't know why, but... Rat City, whenever I watch Child's Play, <laughs> the first Child's Play, yeah. and she has to go back to the the panhandler yeah, sold her the doll, yeah. that always reminds me of Rat City. Oh. <laughs> like, nothing, that, that anecdote had nothing to do with it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just, whenever I watched, like, it happened again, like, I watched Child's Play before Halloween, and I was like, hey, there's that place that reminds me of Rat, Rat City. Rat City, alright. <laughs> Random <laughs> anecdote from Code Sabasakas. <laughs> And uh, like <laughs> no, no, because it, it was at least related to the thing at hand. If you guys are listening, you have no idea who we're talking about. <laughs> he's a swell guy, though. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a stand-up fella. Super random. That's all. Yeah, Jam yeah, up yeah. guy. That L dandy. I mean, uh, the Coog. We love you, Coog. Uh, <laughs> um, but the you notice the the kid uh, who he kind of befriends in the alleys. Is uh, Gage from Pet Cemetery, uh, or wait, Aaron from Full House? Gage, Gage from Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Gage is the <laughs> isn't Gage the baby? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had no idea. He looks different. Yeah. He. Yeah. Well, he would have aged. <laughs> so time does work. It isn't <laughs> linear and whatnot. Wait a second. What? <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. This he is also slightly where... older. <laughs> This this is where Al Simmons decides to go and uh, find his his goes goes to find Wanda, 
And yes, we get more exposition. Yeah. I have a note here. Is shut up with the exposition? Oh, the more the the voiceover. Yes. Yeah, I, we don't need it at this point. It's like we get it. We, it get, we get and, what's happened. And do you know what I? And it doesn't work with movies at all. But I almost feel like what they were going for is if you you know you read a comic book, the, the squares, the square boxes, the, yeah. the narration boxes. It almost feels like that's what they were going for to to kind of remind you that. You're watching a comic book movie, but you don't need that. No. In a movie. And up next is Clown Wayne Gacy. (laughs) Yes. Um, Which, weird, weird too, because he has to... Who would hire him? (laughs) Like, like he didn't look like a fun clown. Like, he, like, oh, jeez. Okay, well, we can get Bozo, the clown, or we can get Eric, the clown, Seinfeld reference. Um, or we can get um, we can get this monster. This is with the terrible teeth who tells nothing but body off-color jokes. Can someone explain to me, too, why this clown, why he has to change clothes physically, but he can just shake his face off? Uh, can we play Studio vs. Selleck again? <laughs> Because he's like, ah, I gotta take all these stupid clown clothes off, I hate being a clown. And then he just shakes his face and it's back to normal. I'm like, why didn't you just do that with everything? Yeah. It shakes his face to take off the clown makeup. To reveal to the- just his everyday clown, clown makeup. makeup. <laughs> well, yeah, that's his clown casual. Yeah. <laughs> I, another thing, too, is like, in the Simpsons episode with the Radioactive Man movie... I always thought that there was a joke in there that was directly related to not only the Joker, but to the clown character from Spawn. Because, remember Krusty? Yeah. He wants to play the villain in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, we've already cast him, but we have six other parts in mind for you. Dr. Clownius, Evil the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Clown whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, it's... So also in this part, we we he makes the sort of connection because this daughter comes up and she's like, "Oh hey, you want some candy? Uh, burning man in a hoodie." Oh my god! <laughs> yes, he he looks like Freddy Krueger at this point. <laughs> oh, and I gotta ask at this point, guys, did you watch the unrated version or the PG thirteen? I think I watched the unrated version. I did the rental from YouTube. Okay, because I watched whatever version is on DVD. The well, only... actually, I think they got released both. We'll the only difference. The unrated aspect of this movie is just that it's more offensive. Because at this scene, um, I watched both because I, I first I was watching the unrated and then <laughs> you I wanted watched the, this twice. Yeah, I, did. I <laughs> you wanted do. the full experience, eh? I always do for notes note reasons. Um, but I watched the unrated and then the rated one. And in the unrated version, <laughs> Clown approaches uh, the young girl and says, "Here's a little doll for you, Lolita." Yes. That is a strange reference to make. <laughs> then I watched the unrated version. Because in the rated... Lolita, it's a, oh, it's a famous book by an author named Novikov. It's all about a guy who uh, falls in love with his girlfriend's 13-year-old daughter and then takes up with her. Because uh, in the PG-13 version, they take like out Woody that... Woody Harrels or uh, Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kubrick, Kubrick did a really good... Uh, good good movie based on it, and then they uh, remade it with Jeremy Irons, and it was kind of terrible. Um, I didn't even think much of it, but, like, then in the PG-13 version, they took that line out. Oh, yeah? Well, so, I mean, yeesh. I, I, it seems to be kind of a weird thing to take out to get your rating lowered. I mean, it's it's pretty kind of innocuous 
reference. Can you take out the reference to uh, sex with children? <laughs> well, it's a it's a book about it, but I mean, I mean, well, I mean, average viewer and morons like myself, I wouldn't have even known. Yeah, I just had to ask what the reference was. I just think it's funny that they felt the need to take it out. Like it's some somebody in the studio was like, "Whoa, wait a second. Did you notice? That the, during that whole exchange with them behind Terry and uh, Wanda, there was like a burnt face sculpture like coming out of the wall. I did not. I I noticed it. I was like, "What the hell is that behind them?" And I kind of paused it. And it looks like a face coming out of the wall that's all messed up. <laughs> Deleted scene. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Do what would made the movie better and quicker? No movie. Mm-hmm. Is if at the birthday party. If Al just would have went up and punched Clown in the face, and he was like, "Hey, Juan, it's me, Al." Credits. Still alive. <laughs> I don't understand why he doesn't do that because earlier he's talking just fine. Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, I can feel my skin burning." Like, get over it, pussy. Uh, <laughs> did you did you enjoy the the way they kept flashbacking to things that we hadn't? scene but look like they should have been like should have occurred earlier in the movie so the flashback would make sense yeah that was great yeah <laughs> uh oh, we forgot to tell you about this part all right they really loved each other it's like when you tell a story to somebody <laughs> yeah oh, I, forgot. Like, oh, I forgot i forget everything i just said <laughs> i can tell you the part that i forgot it's like it's like when you tell a joke and you get to the punchline you're like oh wait that doesn't make sense i forgot to tell you that the other guy was a stripper uh <laughs> Good job, you just ruined it all. <laughs> ruined. Cl- Clown at this point does, um... Okay, here's the thing. He does like a... Too much a, stuff? He does like an It's a Wonderful Life thing, but he says, yes. I'm Clarence, the guardian angel, and then he does the Jimmy Stewart impression. I was put off by that. Yeah, that well, you know. That was that, uh, the, the nail in the coffin for the movie. Otherwise, it's great. You, you, you were so upset of that? So upset. So he also upset. played Luigi. He, oh my god Spawn also at this point Luigi calls him, Mario as it were Oh shit Spawn also calls him at this point A fudge packing midget Yeah well it was a different time Brendan you get away with that sort of thing And people were alright with it Did you guys I'll catch I'll, I'll just say it It wouldn't offend me if it was in a movie today Hot take Did you guys catch the Jaws reference no. Was it a sharp teeth of the clown that they hired for the party? <laughs> what, what was the reference? Well, you know when we see the three satanic stooges? Yeah. Um, one of them says, we're going to need a bigger pentagram. Oh. I, I don't know <laughs> if that was a direct reference. I, I think it was. Cause they were I trying think it to was just the, a coincidence. They were trying to summon the devil and they said, it's not working. And he says, I think we're going to need a bigger pentagram. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was. It was a Jaws reference. And then Maybe. Clown calls them retards. The whole movie was a Jaws 3 reference. <laughs> it sucked. And that it was bad. Yeah. Now I thought it was a Jaws 4 reference in that it, this time it was personal. <laughs> <laughs> I remember talking. Let's talk about Jaws 4 now. I remember Jaws <laughs> Wait a second. Like, remember Music World? Yes. I would, I, would, I would be a kid, like eight years old. My dad would, like, you know, a couple times a month let me go and buy a movie for myself. 
and I would look at Jaws 4 every time, and as a kid, not knowing any, any better, I would look at the box, and I would say, how is it personal with a shark? <laughs> 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 My dad would be like, I don't know, it sucked. Like, <laughs> There you go. But anyway, back to back the spawn. You're following saying, the, my following note right after this part was the cartoon was so much better. <laughs> was. Well, you mean you didn't like the scene that follows this where Clown is knighting Spawn? Oh, and just riffs Lord. nonstop. Yeah. Another thing too is like, I actually have it. Are they doing bits? It's you. It's almost like comic book movies after Christopher Reeve, and and then with the exception being uh, the '89 mm. Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, and yeah. Um, it's almost like comic book movies had to be campy, mm-hmm. it had to be goofy and tongue in cheek, and. Well, I mean, what Men in Black was out around this time, and I guess there was there was a certain amount of camp to it, but there was still, I don't know, it was still in, enjoyable, and uh, it had a. I don't know, it carried itself a little bit better, and it's held up a lot better. That's for sure. I just watched it uh, around Halloween with my kids, and it's still a pretty good movie. This one here, not so much. No. Well, I mean, certain movies get away with it better. Mm. Um, I mean, Batman Forever, I don't think it's a great movie or anything, but there's, there's some camp in that, but it's more enjoyable than Spawn, I would I would say. Oof, that's a tough call. <laughs> that's a tough call, man. I will say Batman and Robin I enjoyed more than this, though. Ice to meet you. Oh, God damn it. So great. <laughs> and obviously we just learned that you're an idiot. Chill so. <laughs> <laughs> out. Um, and after this, I think I almost threw up. Because? The Did maggot mag- pizza. Is this the maggot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My kids didn't like that that much either. And from what <laughs> I learned, he actually ate maggots. Yeah. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Protein. Yeah. It's like, it, it goes back to what I remember uh, Jim Cornette saying about ECW. You're not going to like this. <laughs> I don't know. I might. Jim Cornette saying, but he, everyone knows it's a work, but they would hit each other for real with real weapons, and it looked like shit, and it hurt like hell, and everyone thought it was fake. So why wouldn't you just do it? <laughs> So like with the maggots, it's like every like people are gonna be grossed out by it regardless. Why not just eat fake maggots? <laughs> Maybe much like Dieter Laser from Human Centipede, he was a method actor. And now we'll talk about Rollerball. Um, yeah. So like this, the scenes between Spawn and Clown go on forever. Um, there's the whole thing with the three guys doing the, the satanic ritual, Spawn scares them away and finds out he has, like, a suit, uh, he has his, like, uh, his outfit with the chains and everything, um, and then they're just, he's just riffing, uh, there's some, <laughs> some crazy, I don't know if you noticed, but there's some crazy, like, transitions. Yeah, oh my god, the amount of wipes in this movie. <laughs> Like the, the the cape wipe and then the flame wipe and then it's like it's it, like my grade six PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think your grade I'm six. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I think your PowerPoint presentation was uh, uh, better. <laughs> keep, him, keep him the old razzle dazzle. I know PowerPoint. <laughs> oh, it would always do the swoosh sound, yeah. and then when the the words would pop up, and I would always make it go. <laughs> I 
I would, and all of that was in this movie. People. I would have <laughs> loved if every time they cut cut to a different scene, it was. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. You're working in the special ops. You're working in the CIA, right? Okay. You have a disc that is only yours, only belongs to you. You're the only one that ever sees it. You might show it to that Jessica Priest girl, right? A floppy disc. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's a little CD. Yeah, it was a tiny, it was like a GameCube game. So, my question is, would you label it Special Ops? <laughs> no. <laughs> no! What is with you and your fascination, my forbidden closet of mystery? <laughs> Martin Sheen uh, has, like I said, the CD labeled Special Ops, and Terry comes in because I guess he's doing PR for him now, and he sees the CD... <laughs> Number one, why would you label it that? And number two, why is he surprised to see that? And number three, your best friend who marries your wife after you die was never your best friend. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and it's but only five years later, so it wasn't that much <laughs> Actually, Josh, you know what? You would have been great... You would have been a great uh, addition to have that argument when we did our Pearl Harbor episode because we argued about uh, Josh Hart and uh, the love triangle and how long they should have waited. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, CD labeled Special Ops. That was crazy. <laughs> I did, and this is, here's kind of a side note, I did enjoy that there were a lot of um, little nods uh, to the comics that I guess fans really would have only kind of gotten. Um, not just the Angela showing up at the the ball, which we'll get to in a bit, but the uh, the newscaster lady uh, and the cuts to like uh, they they show a bunch of different um, TV pundits mm-hmm. and in different from different networks, and they all look like the pundits who were oftentimes featured in the comics as like your I guess your transition to kind of give you the backstory of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And there would always be. There would always be one that I think played it kind of straight, one that was far left, and one that was far right, wasn't there? Yeah, there was yeah. like there was like the CNN lady, and then there was like a Rush Limbaugh type, yeah. and uh, I don't know for the the leftist whatever. <laughs> but they all looked they all did it, they did a really good job with that. I felt, and they're still in the book. Are they still in the book? Yeah, I, I, I mean, read... uh, keep in mind I haven't read Spawn in probably about a year. I haven't but read when I was ages. reading it about a year ago. They were they were still in the book. And, like, they aged and everything. <laughs> like, Rush Limbaugh's character is, like, completely gray now. <laughs> Interesting. Really should pick that back up, man. I really love that comic back in the day. I got I got soured on it when they changed the costume. I didn't care for the costume change. I have nothing to contribute, sorry. <laughs> I know, Brendan. It's okay. Let's get back. Now we're got the blackest of ops. Yes. Um, because now we're going to the ball. Where uh, Spawn obviously... Cra- well, actually, we should say that Clown has convinced Spawn to go after Martin Sheen. Because, yes. well, we'll find out later what's going to happen. But he, he's convinced him to go after him and get his revenge. Because he wants him to be... He wants his anger to flow through him. And so he can join the dark side. I mean, hell. Um, <laughs> to, to So what are you... Are you we're saying, I guess what we're saying here is Cagliostro is his Yoda and the Violator is his Emperor. Yes. Okay. Um, my, uh, I love Spawn this reaction. Spawn is Lando. We're in the nerdiest of nerds. <laughs> I love this reaction. And Spawn is Lando. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> when he figures out that his, uh, 
his bullet wounds heal on their own. I love his like, damn. <laughs> the de- again the delivery in this movie. Sometimes what he his okay. <clears throat> I know it's not literally his dick, but it looks like his dick bites Jessica Priest. Oh, when she tries to kick him in the junk, and his uh, that belt thing of uh, on his costume reaches out and grabs her foot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was like, you just dick bit her. Um, <laughs> actually, I actually have that's a literal cock block. <laughs> <laughs> Spawn kills her. Uh, yeah. Kills Jessica Priest. And the thing here too is that she says, "You don't have the guts." This is a trained rocket assassin. <laughs> trained rocket. <laughs> I don't, bitch, I don't have the guts. <laughs> but I seriously, air traffic control officers. He wiped out a whole like mess of innocent people before <laughs> launching a rocket at people on a pl- on a jet. I think he has the guts. Yeah, you don't want to. Wanna, I don't think you want to mess with that. <laughs> I think too. If Jessica Priest was so good at what she did, why didn't they just go after her to be the hell spawn? <laughs> Really, though. Yeah, a very good point. She's already got... Well, I mean, uh, is Todd McFarlane a uh, sexist? Because he <laughs> could probably throw that in. Well, uh, but again, I mean, uh, the uh, she's not even in the comics, so... Oh, right. Right? Maybe that was one of those things like, girl! <laughs> I actually think he's the opposite. From, from what I know of him, um, going back to the whole... Black Thing Studio. The reason why I brought that up that Todd McFarlane didn't say it was he was very adamant that he wanted Spawn to be a black character. Um, and um, there was this, this story that he wanted to do, and I think Marvel nixed it, but there was a story that he wanted to do in, in when he was writing Spider-Man where Spider-Man stopped a robbery and um, the robbery that he stopped, the, the mugger was black. And when he stopped it... Um, the the guy that he saved said something like, way to go, Spider-Man. We need to get those... Whatever derogatory term was used for black people, we need to get those guys out of the city. Yeah. And Spider-Man was like in mid-swing away, and he, and he stopped, and he went back on the ground, and he said, what did you say? And the mm. guy repeated himself, and Spider-Man said, I'm black. You say that about them, you say that about me. Yeah. And the guy apologized and everything, and... and and Spider-Man laughed. So Todd McFarlane really wanted to include that in Spider-Man. Though Spider-Man's not black, but oh. nobody knows that because his body's covered from head to toe in, in costume, right? I was going to say something about that. Thank you. Well, <laughs> depends on the iteration of Spider-Man, but... Yeah, oh, boy. But, but Spider... Or Todd McFarlane has seemingly been always very adamant about having racial, you know, equality. Oh, well. There you go. All right, Todd McFarlane, champion well, to humanity. Yeah, well, actually, you want to hear uh, in this? I guess we're going to get off on the comics again because this is a, this is a funny story from one of the comics. Uh, at the first, you had actually said earlier in the movie, why didn't he just walk up to Violator, punch him, and say, "Hi, Wanda, it's Al." Mm-hmm. He uh, tried to do something similar to that in the comics, um, but he uh, he didn't want to be all burnt Freddy Krueger looking. So he tried to use uh, his hell magic, because I guess that's how we're going to describe it, uh, to make himself look more like Al Simmons. And when he tried to do that, he couldn't reproduce what he used to look like. He always uh, turned out to be a, a, a blonde 
uh, white guy uh, to prevent him from revealing to everybody that, hey, I'm still alive. Guess what? Hell's real and the devil is trying to mm-hmm. destroy the planet. As bad as this movie is, by the way, speaking of Todd McFarlane's creative control, as bad as this movie was, the uh, reboot that they're doing sounds like it's going to be much worse. Oh, dear. Have you heard about I've I have only heard tidbits nothing big so essentially McFarlane has made it clear that this is going to be a straight up horror movie a okay our horror movie and you don't see spawn at all he's like a ghost entity the, the hell is that he's like a ghost that haunts on people is apparently what what I he wants this movie to be. that sounds like an absolute dumpster fire house on spawned so, hill we'll do spawn part two the podcast <laughs> once this movie yeah because I'm sure it's gonna be yeah, I'm sure it will be on here with us Oh, I don't know. Sounds pretty good to me. I could have done with a lot more of uh, the just the straight up suit in this movie. Yeah, like him yeah. wearing the full mask and everything. I thought he looked cool. I could have done a cool. lot less. I could have done a lot less of the cheerleading scene. Oh, geez. my oldest one got a laugh out of that. She thought that was hilarious. Um, but, you know, she's thirteen. I think so. that's that's the, that's the <laughs> jump the shark moment for me for clown. Yeah. <laughs> How great would it be if there was a scene where clown? Jumped a shark. Actually jumped a shark. <laughs> and then said, Hey. <laughs> Did you like the getaway scene where Spawn had like uh, octopus hands? No. <laughs> Good, because I didn't either. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, okay. Um, Neither did I. <laughs> Good, then we're all in agreement. <laughs> I, I enjoyed this line. I, I wrote down this one. It just says, Gunshot wound to the head, Doc. Oh, she's dead. Like he just oh, talking talk about priest. <laughs> he just goes over and like casually just puts his like hand on her head for like a second. He's like, "Nah, she's dead." <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, pretty evidence. <laughs> good, can good I can I talk about dog. another movie again? <laughs> <laughs> no, because we have to talk about the devil sounding like Doctor Claw. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> I I kept expecting him to be like, "I'll get you next time." <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) P.S. We need to do Inspector Gadget sometime. The French Stewart one? No, the first one. Because that's way worse than the Matthew Broderick one. I don't know if I can handle that one. one. There was another, yeah, there was another Inspector Gadget, a sequel they did, and French Stewart played Inspector Gadget. When you can't get Matthew Broderick, get French Stewart. Oh, yeah, look at this. 2003. <laughs> so, um, th- this is also uh, Spawn's dog Spaz uh, is is apparently only uh, w- will follow him everywhere, no matter what. And <laughs> the the family is trying to basically get back home quickly because you know Terry doesn't know who Spawn is and he's freaking out because he attacked uh, Martin Sheen, killed Jessica Priest, and the kid is like, "What about the dog?" He's like, "He'll find his way." Yeah, like, let's just leave you our dog, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I was like, I hope every single one of I will know. I hope Terry dies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Specter Gadget Two has a three point four to ten on IMDb. All right, <laughs> noted. <laughs> That's way too high for us. What did this you... has a five point two out of ten on IMDb? It's... What What did you think of the exchange there with? Uh... Uh, Violator and um, 
Jason Wynn where they basically set up the uh, the plot point where he's going to have that thing installed onto his heart. Okay, explain explain this device. Well, apparently it's supposed to, if his heart stops beating, yes. it launches the, was it Heat 16 mm-hmm. was the name of it? Yep. Didn't Suicide Squad steal this gimmick too with Amanda Waller? Something like that. Where like if they kill her, that all their callers or they whatever. All die, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if they kill, if Martin Sheen dies, the Heat Sixteen will launch and basically cause like nuclear warfare all over the world. What if he died of natural causes? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, what if he had like a like a heart attack? Yep. Or what if he got into a car accident? <laughs> like, there's so many things like without people murdering him that could have happened. <laughs> My favorite thing about that is when Clown says we're gonna do that. We're gonna put a device on your heart, and if you die, basically the world ends. And his reaction is, "I like that." Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. <laughs> and the worst part about it for me was that the doctors were in the know. Yes, who are those? When they doctors? did the surgery, the doctors knew what they were doing. They knew they were implanting this thing in his heart. That if it stops. It'll blow, it'll launch the Heat 16 and kill everybody. Isn't the, like, the first thing in the, the Hippocratic Oath is do no harm? Wouldn't, <laughs> like, why doesn't Clown just use his hell magic to put that near his heart? Regardless, how would a doctor be okay with this? Yeah, I want to know who those doctors are, and I want to know why they had to do it like a physical surgery to make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> Probably Michael Jackson's doctor. Like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Guys, we figured it out. <laughs> well, that answers that. This is where, isn't this where we actually get the, the first tangling with the violator? And it's the worst fucking intro ever. He almost kills Spaz. Not only that, like, like they give Leguizamo all these lines uh, to talk about how he's the violator and stuff like that, and he's he's shucking like he's some sort of like terrible carnival barker when he's doing it. I'm not the vibrator. Awful. <laughs> well, I've heard that all those things he says that he's not that are they are other characters. Is that right? Well, no. There was a. There, I know there was a vindicator. Okay. Um, but I don't believe there was ever uh, a version of them called the Vibrator. There was never... Are you sure? Pretty sure. I Again, I haven't read the comics in a good long time, but I'm almost positive. Josh, does Spawn ever fight a giant Vibrator? <laughs> the Vibrator. Um, issue 12. <laughs> Shut up. Page 6, panel 3. I'm going to get that. I have that issue. <laughs> Um, as we're talking, and we'll be going, right back. <laughs> as we're talking, I'm just going through the um, the uh, oh, what's it called? IMDb page, and I'm looking at like the pictures of the red carpet. Yeah, Chris Farley was on the red carpet for Spawn. Wow, <laughs> this took a turn, folks. I miss Chris. Wow, way to bring everyone down, Josh. <laughs> we are having so much fun talking about this terrific movie. <laughs> Man, did they ever do a really good job with the practical... God damn it, Farley. 
<laughs> Practical effects. I'm, another thing I do, like I, I've done this in, in the other two that I've done with you guys, but I like reading like the user reviews on IMDb as we go along, and just reading the titles. <laughs> this is called. This is a review from June eleventh of ninety nine from somebody by the name of McCarthy. The title of the review: The Muppet Show Gone Wrong. <laughs> because. Legitimately, the violator is, for the most part, is is a practical effects. There's not a whole they 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 that's it's a like a dude with a rubber suit. It's terrible. Which they terrible. I it, way better than Mel Bolgia. Yeah, but it's still pretty bad. I I for for ninety seven practical effects. I think they did a pretty good job with it. Of Malbolgia? No, Violator. <laughs> oh, Violator. I was gonna say Malbolgia. No. no. Well, the no. devil looked amazing. Um, I like in the, I like in these, in the, in bad movies when, whenever someone's looking through these, like, super secret files, you sometimes get this voiceover that says, downloading secure files. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one Silent is... Silent alarm activated! <laughs> shortly after, it's reading secure files. <laughs> Just in case uh... you guys don't know what's going on, he's looking at secure files. Right. Do you ever get the sense? Okay, so, so um, we get to the Yoda training sequence here. Uh, with, Montage without the music. Yeah, with Spawn and uh, what the hell's his name again? Uh, Cogliostro. Yeah, that guy. And whenever Spawn tries to use his chains, I always got the feeling he looked like he was trying to get a really big poop out. <laughs> I can't. It's too big. Judge me by my size, do you? <laughs> Fun fact about Cogliostro, the guy who played him. Um, the character in the comic books apparently has a beard. And Big long beard, yeah. They said, so can, can you grow a beard or can you wear a fake one? And he was like, no. <laughs> <sighs> Just awful. straight up, no. <laughs> I won't even wear a fake one. Cause he's supposed to. He has like a really long, like friggin' Santa Claus type beard in the in the comics. In retrospect, he probably wishes he did have a long beard because then then maybe he could disguise himself a bit. I I will say this: there's one thing where we should all be pretty thankful for that they didn't go along with from the comics, and that's the magic meter. Oh, I don't know about that. What's that? In yeah, in uh, well, his his hell magic is finite. Uh, he can only use so much of it, right? And uh, usually, after he would use it uh, in battle in the comics, you would see the numbers drop down mm-hmm. a little bit. Oh. And so, you, yeah. So at the end of at the end, usually at the end of each issue, uh, they'd give you like the the final tally of his um, uh, where his magic is sitting at. Uh, kind of like two broke girls, but not as racist and terrible. <laughs> Guys, if you didn't think there would be a Two Broke Girls reference on our Spawn episode, you were wrong. <laughs> I just realized that um, Frank Welker was the voice of Mel Polja. Frank Welker is a god amongst men. <laughs> not, in this movie. not in this movie. No, no. but he is he god, has dude. voiced everything that's ever existed. Well, it makes me wonder, did he voice Dr. Claw? It wouldn't surprise me. I'd say it would be a pretty good bet that he did but the thing is he literally is doing dr claw's voice <laughs> he's not even <laughs> he doesn't sound like him it is him yeah <laughs> did he find it odd that the um that the violator had just a tanker truck full of necro goo 
Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> in that next scene when he was chasing after him, and he's just driving a tanker truck full of, of goo that uh, counteracts uh, Spawn's necroplasm. <laughs> oh, and how he's yelling out, like, trucker slang? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. This is terrible. This movie sucks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what, though? It's still better than uh, Agent S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. are, you, yep. are you referring to Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., starring David Hasselhoff? Yep. Yeah. What about... Uh... I actually... we well, That would have been... I think it was May that we did that, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, because I remember I had to go and buy my mother a Mother's Day present <laughs> after <laughs> I left here. Um, was but, it a DVD uh, copy of that movie? Like, <laughs> I forget almost everything about that movie. It's like my brain has protected me, and I don't like <laughs> I can't remember anything. It's the, about well, that that, movie. That's how trauma works. I remember being here. I remember the hockey game was on when we did it. I remember doing the podcast. I don't remember anything I talked about. I don't remember anything bad about. It. Like I just. Don't. Well, I will ask well, you. This. That gives you the opportunity to go back and listen to it, Josh, because it's a fun <laughs> listen. I will ask you this then, Josh. Since this was an even older episode, do you remember anything about Captain in the Rye? I, I do remember actually quite a bit about Captain in the Rye. That should tell you and, something right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is the uh, this we get this like final showdown now. So Martin Sheen busts into uh, Wanda's home and and shoots the computer mm-hmm. because it's got all his secure files. Yep. Um, Clown shows up. Spawn shows up, and we're ready for the final showdown. Did you like the the, the Roadhouse Roundhouse kick? The <laughs> Spawn. The- Drop off. I just have a note. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. <laughs> I, I would no denying that at all. Um, why doesn't Spawn just say, when Martin Sheen, okay, so Martin Sheen holds a knife to Wanda's throat and threatens to kill her and says, join Hell's Army or I'll do it. Why doesn't he just say, yeah, okay, and then just double cross him and like punch him? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hell, right? Right. So, I mean, you don't, you don't feel bad about lying to people from hell. <laughs> it's, and, like, Martin Sheen's not from hell. Like, he could have easily just been like, yeah, okay, totally Martin Sheen. I'll totally go to hell. <laughs> that just kicked him in the fucking face. <laughs> or why didn't he use his fancy cape or something? Right. That would have just extended and punched him in the face. <laughs> yes, because he, he's learned how to use his suit, and he's uh, he's got these awesome chains... That can, like, you know, reach out and retract. Not a thing in the comics. The chains always followed him around. They were not retractable. Same with the cape. Mm-hmm. Not retractable. But I think that was done for um, practicality, though. Yeah. <laughs> in this regard. Hey, listen. Hey, Wanda, listen. I'd love to help you out here. Okay. Um, but we haven't talked about is that um, my magic powers, I can't waste them. <laughs> like, uh, you know... There's a countdown on those. <laughs> I I really think we can get you out of this situation without it. We should save, save. Yeah. I should save those for, like, real emergency. <laughs> uh. We should begin peace talks immediately. Um, yeah. I, I, like, it's not like I'm a trained assassin or anything. Uh, <laughs> He's a trained rocket assassin. He is a trained rocket assassin. He doesn't rocket have rockets assassin. with him. <laughs> I just... I love the idea of him just having rockets on him all times. (laughs) Never know when you're going to need a rocket. Oh, there's a rocket in my pocket. So he... Do uh, they quit the the Hell's Heart surgery after he... What they they, they think they killed Wanda. What the fuck was that? Seriously. Well, which which actually leads more credence to your ideas. Why didn't the Violator just use his Hell powers to put the the device on 
Jason Wynn's heart. Yeah. Uh, instead of, you know, morally compromising doctors. Right. So, guys, if you're wondering how they resolve the whole thing with the device next to Martin Sheen's heart, Spawn uses magic and just takes it out. And then destroys it, so they can't send out And its... Clown would obviously have better magic than Spawn. Like, not better magic, but you can... Well, like more advanced. More advanced and, and can is more experienced with it. Yeah. So, oh, it's my so point stupid. is, if Spawn can do it, Clown can do it. Yeah, he should have at least been able to put it on him, yeah. Anything Spawn can do, Clown can do better. <laughs> he can do anything better than Spawn. <laughs> hundred bucks. I think that was public domain. Okay, cool. Fifty. <laughs> it's a, it's a, Who are you paying fifty dollars to for look, free? This songs? guy, this guy Larry, You're bad at negotiating. <laughs> this guy Larry, he listens to our podcast. I have faith in him that he's totally a music executive. I just send it straight to him. Uh, debit <laughs> online debit transfer. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Did Did you catch the the fun um, Martin Sheen reference? Yes. Uh, during the dialogue in this last bit. Yeah, love Go that. For it. Go for it. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> We were supposed to kill Jason Wade and kickstart the apocalypse now. Yes. Oh, for God's sake. You know what? Legitimately, <laughs> I pick up on it. <laughs> legitimately love that. Yeah. <laughs> because that was a joke, but it was like an under-the-radar one and wasn't like in your face like every other Yeah, They did that in the Marine. What? Did they? Yeah. This guy's like the Terminator. And then... Oh, because uh, of Robert Patrick. And then Robert Patrick breaks the fourth wall and looks at it. I was like, how are you? <laughs> I was a Terminator. <laughs> hey, guys, remember that movie I was in? <laughs> that's, that's that's my Robert Patrick. What do you think? That's, you know, it shows that you're working on it. <laughs> I'm Robert Patrick. <laughs> Get out of my way. Get out of my way. I'm a huge star. <laughs> Oh. So okay, we're winding down. We got a hell fight coming up. Oh, this is the worst. <laughs> Green screen of death. <laughs> this is you're talking. This is the, with the fight with Mal Bolger, right? Yeah, and it's funny too. Like on the back of the DVD, do you have the DVD or do you have? I don't think. No, I did. On like, the back of the DVD, it's like a visual effects masterpiece. Yeah, and then it's like, well, then he fights Mal Bolger. <laughs> well, no, that that was actually I think it was one of the review lines. Uh, when the movie came out was it's like the special effects event of the year or something like that yeah. and uh, Roger Ebert we haven't talked about this yet Roger Ebert gave it a 3.5 out of 4 okay so yeah the the hell fight um, basically it's really dumb and okay that uh, Corsa Quessa whatever the fuck his name is what's his name Cogliostro thank you why does he wear Scott Steiner chainmail all of a sudden uh, he was uh, he was a knight but is that going to protect him from hellfire <laughs> he literally puts like a piece of chain mail on his head that's maybe as thin as a piece of paper and he's like alright maybe I'm ready. it's maybe it's the armor of the gods I don't know yeah okay well it's more than the movie explained there you go but um it's almost like I wrote down this is almost like the final battle in Doctor Strange but like with one sixteenth of the budget yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, it looks pretty damn terrible. If Spawn had just kept coming back, haha, try again. <laughs> you can keep killing me, it's not gonna do anything. It looked like it was like, who framed Roger Rabbit? The, <laughs> like, it was like, it was, it, it, it was like a real guy and then a cartoon next to him. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So Spawn and Chainmail, uh, basically 
uh, well, they seemingly they think they've killed uh, the violator slash clown, and but when they come back, it's just like much like a horror movie. He's back for one last scare. What a terrible effect too with the rippling wall and all that stuff. Awful. So just good. Terrible. Doctor Clanius. <laughs> I think we have an early candidate for worst special effects. By the way. Oh, mark her down. We'll yeah. Get it out. Second annual Menos. Demons of Ludlow will be hard to beat, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so glad I put you yeah. through that. Uh, Clown hmm. is dead, basically, kind of, sort of. Well, he cuts the does the uses his chain to to cut the clown's head off. Yeah. Well, and then Clown earlier said that's how you kill something that's already dead, right? Well, from hell. Yeah, from hell. So yeah. I would assume that he is dead. Well, no, because he, he kind of fades back into the, the fire and he screams, Malpolia, help me! After trying to eat his own innards. <laughs> yes. We do get a cool, again, little, like I said, little cameo of Sam and Twitch at the end, but they're not, you know, identified. Sam and Dave, the jazz singers? Sam and Twitch. Oh. <laughs> the blues singers, not the jazz singers. What the fuck am I talking about? Um, and then there was a post-credits scene. Oh, my God. Actually, did you guys go to the what end now? of the credits? <laughs> no. Okay, there's not a post scene. Is there scene. actually a post credit scene? No, no. But the best uh. part about this is that this pretty much sums up the movie. It's the production logo at the very end. It's three people with their pants down. And it's called uh, Pull Down Your Pants Pictures along with some farting noises. Oh, God. <laughs> like, yep, that is Spawn. Well, before we get to that, before we get to the credits, I, I did want to mention that luckily Spaz returns home safe and sound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because Zach uh, found him. That's Gage from Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aaron from Full House. It's Gage from Pet Cemetery, <laughs> and I I found that I, I felt that in that with that happening, considering that his dad was killed during the the whole melee with the violator that that Zack would find a new home with Wanda and Terry. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we don't want any white kids. And we we get the uh that that really cool iconic shot with him sitting on the the cross at the on the church which was they used a lot in the comics. Oh, you mean where it's like rat army assemble. And he's sitting on it and the 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 cape is flowing out, and and he's sitting on top of the cross. Yeah, great movie, terrific movie. Um, now, watch the cartoon; it's way way better. Oh, the cartoon's so good. Now that we've gotten through the movie itself, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. What were they thinking? Is brought to you by Hostgator. Hostgator is a leading provider of shared reseller VPS and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24/7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over nine million websites trust Hostgator. Use the coupon code Schluck. For 25% off your first purchase, that's Schluck, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. Oh man, all these wrestling news sites are terrible. What's the matter, young lad? Ah, Mother Superior! No, don't hit me! Uh, I, I mean, I, I can't find a good wrestling news site. A good wrestling news site? What's what's so good about a good wrestling news site anyway? 
Well, I just need a place where I could get all the, the backstage news and rumors and scoop. All right. Don't hit me. I listen. left the orphanage a while ago. All right, listen, Billy's younger brother. I'm not going to hit you this time. Oh, thank you. But I will tell you about a great wrestling news site. Okay. It's, it's, it's not terrible like the last one, right? It's not terrible like the last one. It's called WrestlingNewsWorld.com. You can get all the latest wrestling news, spoilers, results, all the news from all over the wrestling world. That sounds great. No, yeah. it, yes, but you know what? what? It's not going to sound great if you still if you keep up with that mouth of yours. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, again, I left the orphanage a while ago. Uh, if you don't leave, I'm going to tell my parents. I have legal precedent over 37 states. Get back here! Oh! Stop hitting me! <laughs> WrestlingNewsWorld.com What were they thinking? Hey, we're back. Hey, how you doing? Oh, uh, that was a I, long wait. Sitting through commercials is awkward, eh? I know. I just, well, I like the TiVo stuff. <laughs> TiVo. There is a reference TiVo. for TiVo. Like the wow. PBR thing so I can flip through the, the commercials. Don't do that with our commercials, though. They're, we we love the people who are in our commercials. Exactly. So don't, don't don't flip through our commercials. No. Flip, flip through, like, Chef commercials and stuff like that. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> chef commercials? Chevrolet. Oh, I thought you said Chef. Like, commercials for chefs. Jesus, Brendan, get your ears checked. Shut up. Um, okay. So I guess before, um, I don't know what we usually do first. Do you want to just jump into the uh, the art of poetry? Yeah, sure. Okay. The what now? Oh, we have a new segment, this, Josh. Oh, yes, we have a new segment on our show, Josh. Uh, you can feel free to make one up uh, right now if you want, but uh, you don't have to. Uh, this is the point of the broadcast uh where we uh, npr things up and uh uh we have a little bit of uh culture here with the low haiku yes it's uh <laughs> 17 syllables describing our uh it's kind of ra- wrapping everything up in a, a neat little package well just as a little preamble to this uh little low haiku haiku i started writing it while i was watching the movie um, and then something happened on screen in the middle of the haiku that changed it completely. And I think <laughs> you'll understand when I get to it. <clears throat> spawn, spawn, he's our man. Wait, what in the holy fuck? <gasps> Maggots on pizza. And then this isn't a syllable, but I went. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> spawn. A great comic. The movie. Really not so much. I want childhood back. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Josh, anything you want to riff? Um, it sucked. <laughs> it, it, now, now say that. Uh, you know, 15 more times and make it work with the syllables. <laughs> I didn't know we had to write poetry before like, I came. Don't worry, we don't, we don't hold the guests to that, uh, to that standard. Yeah, you're good, Josh. Don't worry. It sucked, it sucked, it sucked, it sucked. It sucked, sucked, it sucked, it sucked. You'll be back a fourth time. <laughs> we need to go for the five. Yeah, you gotta get your jacket, like you like said. Like, biggie. <laughs> what? All the next T-Rex. Oh. <laughs> 
I thought you meant Biggie, the like gimmick that he stole from King Kong Bundy. I thought, you, I thought you meant like the notorious Big. No, not Biggie. Not Biggie. Big E. Okay. You're putting the emphasis in the wrong syllable, Brendan. <laughs> the, the the notorious Big from the New Day. Is that who you're talking about? But you know what? As we always say on the show, don't take our word for it. No, don't, because this movie was terrible. However, like Josh was saying earlier, Roger Ebert gave this movie three and a half out of four stars. Um, Josh, I, I, do you have that in front of you already? Were you reading part of that? Do you have the, the review? Uh, I didn't... I, I read it earlier. I forget, it was he, he complimented the special effects, though. I know that. Yes. He calls it an experimental art film. <laughs> what? Here's, here's what he said. Spawn is best seen as an experimental art film. It walks and talks like a big-budget horror film, heavy on special effects and pitched at the teenage audience, and maybe that's how it will be received. But it's more impressive if you ignore the genre and just look at what's on the screen. Beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um... What do you... Well, here's a review, and this is, a, this is from uh, Jay Boyer from the Orlando Sentinel. Oh. So, to, you know, Florida, so take that with a grain of salt. Wow. Uh, this barely coherent hunk of junk is like a cheap horror film with only a suggestion of the grisliness that appeals to fans of cheap horror films. <laughs> so it's a negative the one. The Muppet Show gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one is just very, uh, very straightforward. The director's last name is uh, Dippe, I believe. Um, yeah. This is from uh, Time Out magazine. Dippe, an old SF uh, special effects hand, needs to think about how to tell a story. That's it. <laughs> okay. Um, what else is a good one? <laughs> I'm going to read the one that the guy gave it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh. Please do. Uh, one of my favorite movies ever. Personal note. I don't know how many time, with no S, I have watched this movie, and each time I see it, I love it more and more. The movie might be old, but it's still really well made. I think it's even better, run on sentence, I think it's even better than some of the recent movies that came out. Spawn is my favorite superhero of all time, full action pack run on sentence, plus it has love tort, has a love touch in it, while well, the movie is basically based on a romance. A man practically selling is soul to the devil Malbolgia. So many spelling mistakes. Malbolgia surprisingly spelled correctly. Devil Malbolgia. Michael J. White does a good performance in this. Well, well down to business, great. A killer named Al Simmons. Michael J. White wants to retire his job, but his boss, Jason Wynn, W-I-N, Martin Sheen, sends him, send apostrophe S, him one last job as a setup, and kill apostrophe S, kills him by burning him in a facility. He goes to hell. <laughs> the devil Malbolgia tells apostrophe S if he leads apostrophe S his army of hell spawns apostrophe S he'll let him see his wife Wanda Teresa Randall and the story goes on. Holy <laughs> that is this that was, is this was written by Charlie from Philadelphia. Empire Magazine had a little more concise one. Uh, it's simply a parade of toys and tricks without a jot of playfulness. Knowing humor or campy to endear itself. Oh, and it's a one out of five, isn't it? 
One out of five, yeah. This this one is great. This is also this is obviously one in retrospect written several years after the movies come out. It's from uh, Cinema Crazed, and it just says the the film has aged about as well as a banana in the sweltering sun. <laughs> as I I couldn't find this earlier. Maybe I just didn't look on it strong enough. But is there anything about what Todd McFarlane thought of the movie? I don't. I I would I would assume he just thought it was fine. <laughs> Because I, I, I think if he had come out and said, like, he hated it, I think that would have been, like, everywhere. Yeah, I, I can't see him being coming out against it, did he? I, I don't know, because I know with the thing, with this new Spawn movie coming out, he's very much all, he wants to be on board. He right. wants everything, he, want, he wants to pick the actors, he wants to do the script, he even wants to do the directing, which he has no experience in at all. And I and I get the feeling that the reason why is because even though Brendan, you mentioned how he had creative control, I get the vibe that the studio probably did do a lot that he didn't want to do. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I'm just gonna read one more review. <laughs> okay, this is from uh, Recreational Arts Movies Reviews. <laughs> real, uh, really, just uh, rolls off the tongue there. Um, the review is, uh, <clears throat> annoying. I saw that one. That's it. <laughs> Three out of ten. Just, oh, just to let you know, uh, those of you listening, uh, it does have an 18%, uh, critics rating and a 36 from the audience. What's its candle power rating? Candle power rating, uh, is quite strong. Um, it says it can attract up to three gauss. There you go. We can... I'm surprised it's as high as it is on... Like I, to to put it in perspective, it's like got how much for Rotten Tomatoes? Did you say sixteen? Uh, eighteen for critics, thirty six for audience. So, it's better, a uh, better Rotten Tomato score than Daddy's Home Two. Well, there which you... I really enjoyed actually. <laughs> well, you know, watch it in in twenty years and see how you really feel. Daddy's Home because... Two, little known fact, similar plot. I really like this movie when it came out. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg I, plays Spawn. <laughs> I just, I just want to, I want to see Wanda again, Malboja. I don't. <laughs> hey, hey, you're a clown. What's that all about? Huh? What's that all about? It's the Violator. How's your mother? <laughs> Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> we should do something together sometime. Really hope you die of Lou Gehrig's disease. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. Referencing Lou Gehrig too soon. Didn't you see Ted? What? Ted. Ted? Oh, a long time ago, yeah. Don't dismiss. That movie was great. The sequel, not so much, but the... I like both of them, actually. Uh, I didn't care for the sequel. But that was Spawn. 1997's mm-hmm. comic book fiasco. Um, visual effects of masterpiece of the year. Yes, and it wouldn't be until the year two thousand. The year two thousand <laughs> that you get a good comic book movie. That's right. So before X Men, when when would have been the last good comic book movie? Captain in the Rye, I believe. Men in Black. Men, yeah, I, I always forget that's a comic book movie. I guess a lot of people do. I mean, you had uh, the Crow. I mean, Tim Burton's first two Batman movies were very successful. The Crow was very successful. But if you're talking like mainstream, I'm talking like mainstream. Batman big, would be my probably the '89 Batman. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it wouldn't be until another 11 years where you get 
a decent comic book. That was like yeah. the first, like Batman and even Batman Returns were huge in terms of box office receipts. Even like even critic wise, they both did fairly well. I suppose Batman Returns too. Like I I don't love that movie, but I know. I know people like it. Yeah. Oh, what's that, 92? It's flawed. I love it. I, I like it, though. I liked it better than Batman Forever. Batman and Robin Batman is Forever. probably the best one. Oh, and it, I, I, oddly enough, another one of those movies where it's more fondly remembered for its soundtrack. Which one? Batman Forever. Oh, yes. No. Uh, what What's the song? I can't even... I remember... Liking it, but I can't Kiss from a rose. They have Kiss from a Rose on oh, yeah. there. Uh, that U2 song, uh, Hold Me, Kill Me. Uh, and they, uh, they have an Offspring tune on there, too. Come Out and Play is on there as well. So that was Spawn, like I said. Um, now, I just want to, first of all, thank you, Josh, for... Yeah, for putting yourself through putting this. Putting yourself through this. <laughs> I will say, though, I feel like it was easier to get through than Nick Fury. Oh, Yes. Back to my story about oh. the plane. Oh yes, we almost let we almost let him forget this uh, little. This, we'll put a pin on this whole thing. Okay, go ahead. Um, so you say easier to get through than Nick Fury. So I when I watched Nick Fury, what I do remember about it, even though I don't remember any scenes or what we talked about, I remember it being so bad that I was intrigued by it, and I was like, I got to get to the next scene so I can write more notes to make fun of this later. And then with Spawn, I, I mentioned it to Nathan. I bought the DVD. I think like five years ago. For like four bucks or something, and I was going away to um, I was going away to Florida, and I bought it. and was going to watch it on the plane to Florida, and I cannot sleep on a plane at all. I cannot do like I I can't close my I I, I just I lay there awake and and uncomfortable and warm and in pain <laughs> and I can't do anything. I sweat on the plane, and then I turn Spawn on, and it was probably about twenty minutes in. I was so bored, I completely passed out for the rest of the flight. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Spawn, cure for insomnia. That's a review for the back of the box. I don't normally sleep on planes, but then I saw Spawn. Thank you, Todd. Josh Kotsavisakis. Buy it for the plane! (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I don't know. So would you guys say, as far as like a bad movie, would you recommend people watch it? for that aspect or no um well you go ahead I'll, I'll say what I think if it's on like Netflix or something don't go out of your way yeah, for a bad movie it like it's gotta be it's gotta be so bad that it's it's funny like I was saying about Nick Fury and, and the Captain in the Rye Captain in the Rye is a classic but, but with Spawn it's I mean it's bad and everything but it's not like it's so bad and so cheesy that it's funny or that it's good. It's, it's just it's it's boring, inconveniently it's, bad. It's yeah, it's boring. Uh, the visual effects are bad, but it's not bad to the point where like, oh my god, this is so funny that it's you know what I mean? Like, the, am I am I explaining this? Yeah, the, do, do you it, get what I'm saying? It's like it's it's, uh, it's not so over the top that you're like, what? Well, what were they thinking? Yeah. Um, it's just bad interestingly enough uh nathan as you said inconveniently bad that was actually al gore's review of the film (laughs) (laughs) but we inconvenient film but yes uh again uh for me i would say uh uh no i don't recommend it (laughs) in any way shape or form don't watch it um 
uh, thank again, thank you, Josh, for coming to uh, chat with us about Spawn. And I guess uh, we should talk. Now, normally this is where Nathan would drop a hint ski for his next movie. Uh, we are changing the schedule around a little bit because we're planning on possibly having a guest uh, in two weeks. Ooh, I like guests. It's the holidays. Time for guests and company to visit. That's right. Who's the next guest? And have they done the show two more times? No, <laughs> calm down. Your first... title's safe. <laughs> this would be a first-time guest, Josh. Just chill. Mm. Um, do you know what's sad about this? I don't mean to cut you off, but <laughs> yes, you I'm, do. I'm disappointed that we're onto a movie in '97 because, like, there's not many more comic book movies to talk about before X Men. <laughs> I'm basically going to be irrelevant. Is that, after is that a challenge? Like, you guys aren't going to need me. No, anymore. <laughs> that's not no, because there's all kinds of DC movies that are coming out now that are terrible. Yeah. yeah so anyway, so next next uh, next movie we're going to be doing. I'll, I'll give you a little hint. A uh, clue. Yeah. Little Hinsky? Y- yes, that's right. A hintaroo? Yeah, uh, yeah, one of those. Maybe uh, a brief summation oh. of uh, oh. of some words no, that'll give Can some I just give you a to... hint? Okay. Thank you. <clears throat> it's our a sneak peek. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are we good? We're good. <laughs> it's our first ever official sequel. Um, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. It's our first ever sequel that we're doing because uh, we did the original film some time ago. Okay. There you have it. Nathan. No, Josh, there was no Rollerball 2. No, there's... <laughs> Jesus. He was looking at me. And I was like... He was trying to figure it out. Hello! It's your good friend Montrose Monkington the Third here. Uh, do make sure that you check out my my YouTube channel Montrose Monkington TV. You can also be friends with me on Facebook, uh, Montrose Monkington the Third Esquire and friends. And you can also follow me on that uh, that Twitter thing there. Uh, you can check me out at at Montrose the Third. That's at Montrose the number three R D on Twitter. Uh, I do enjoy covering things like wrestling and other various forms of pop culture. Uh, that's your good friend Montrose Monkington the Third Esquire. Thank you. More later. And check out what were they thinking? You guys can find us on pretty much every uh, platform: uh, iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Finding Nemo, uh, Cosplay, Fan Appreciation, Human Sentai Pod. Uh, but for real, we're also on Podknife and, you know, Podchaser, a bunch of those. You pretty much, you search for us, you'll find us. Al Jazeera's message board. Yes, we're there frequently. <laughs> uh, yeah, so please. And you can follow us on Twitter, obviously, at WWTT Podcast. Uh, Instagram, same thing, WWTT Podcast. And Facebook, what were they thinking? And that's where you can find us. Uh, Nathan, did you have any uh, queries regarding this film? Well, I, I guess I mean really. I guess the biggest question for me in this whole of this whole debacle was that uh, you know it, for a movie that was based on such a lovingly crafted source material, uh, where there's so many good things and stories that happen just in the time 
between when the comic was in set, uh, conceived and to when they were getting down to making the movie. And in a movie where Martin Sheen looks like my dad and, um, you know, some of the best characters from the comic aren't even put into the movie. And, and they just, they, they foist it off onto us uh, with the razzle-dazzle of the special effects that they're trying to use. Brendan, I just gotta ask, what were they thinking? Hey, do you like movies? Hey, do you like podcasts? If you do, then come on down and listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast, homie. Hustle, hustle. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Well, every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I pick a bunch of movies at random. Sometimes there's a thing to it, sometimes not. PJ picks the movie up, and guess what? We watch it on Friday. We talk about it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever we feel like doing. Might give you something good to watch, baby. Come on down every Friday. So come get your hustle on with Home Video Hustle. You can find the show on any podcatcher app, or you can come down to homevideohustle.popping.com. All of them in one place for you. So you can go ahead and binge it like it's Netflix. We ain't the Defenders. Yeah. But I like to think we're a little bit better than that. <laughs> come out at your boys, man. Come chill with us. Peace. Peace. It's late, it's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love good movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies With a one last plot holes a gratuitous It's time to get busy with your friend Steven at eilfm.podbean.com Hi, I'm Phil. Oh! Did someone just, did someone just <laughs> sign off of AOL? I'm Paul. I really don't have a lot on this. <laughs> oh my god, this is, this is rolling off the rails real quick. And I'm Dennis. I, I am so guys. mixed up today, just don't even listen to me anymore. And together we are... Voltron! Well, no, not Voltron. We are Useless Debates in Pop Culture, a weekly... Or we at least try to be. ...podcast that allows you to pick the winner. <laughs> ding, ding. ding. By no means the a lamp. internet lamp. strikes again. Yeah, for sure. We will debate anything. So if you want to hear debates on such useless topics as best Val Kilmer Ooh, role... Two Stone, Two Stone, or best movie soundtrack... American Graffiti, or the most successful former boy band member... JT. Then tune into our show. Your podcast is so well named... <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, Podbean, and Google Play. And our website, uselessdebate.com. All right, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ellen, and I'm scared we exist in the Matrix. I'm Jaslyn, and I'm bad at ad living. <laughs> and you're listening to High, High Expectations. Expectations, the promo. For our international listeners, you can appreciate our cute New Zealand accents. For our local listeners, you might bump into us in the street three times in the same hour. Our podcast is about pop culture, sexuality, relationships, interesting hobbies, banter and ragging on each other. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, or anywhere you might like to find podcasts. Yay, please subscribe. Goodbye.